Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to another spooky episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady, and I'm super, super excited about today's episode because I've wanted to talk about this movie for so long. Well, I wanted to talk about this movie for a really long time, but especially now because I just talked about Scream for two weeks in a row with my friend Jay. So this week, I am joined by Sanik from the Everybody Wants Something podcast. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. You have no idea. I wish you could see. I'm like, I'm (laughs) grinning from ear to ear. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I love meeting other horror fans, like people who love horror. It's just like a, there's a shorthand between us, you know, like you just, we just get each other. Yes. It's so true. I, I, I definitely do feel like when I meet someone who loves horror, I'm just like, oh God, kindred spirits. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of, you also have another podcast called We Die First, which is amazing. Is it also a horror podcast? Yeah. No, thank you. I'm (laughs) so happy you enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, it's a horror podcast. Um, I host it with my friend Andrew, who's a fellow comedian, and we just talk about a new horror movie every week and basically just riff. (laughs) Yeah. Show. We usually take kind of like a a young black perspective because you know we're in those movies we do tend to die first assuming we're in the movie yes (laughs) noticeable lack of black people in this one but we do show up in the sequel so (laughs) yes I was just telling uh I was telling Jay the last week that he was on uh, we were talking about like all of the screams and like the one like black male character well there's like one single black male character in all of the screams but it like the role is so sad yeah <laughs> it's so sad like that camera guy is so sad says all of the most cliche shit yeah every once in a while you get lucky and you get like a halloween h2o that actually has like, a lot of black people yes here. it's true Plus jamie lee curtis <laughs> so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so true but you guys i love your podcast i like we die first because you guys do a lot of deep cuts like horror deep cups like for people you can always tell when people really genuinely like horror or when they just like it in quotes, you know? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You guys genuinely like horror. So I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's been fun doing it for sure. And I think, I mean, I could, which we are going to do, I can wax poetic about horror movies for literal hours of my day. So this is awesome. Yeah. So I guess I should say today, we are talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I am so excited to talk about Scream's redheaded stepchild sister. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, that's like totally right, though, because I realized that. Um, so I told you, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in so long. Forgot. I actually saw it last year, but forgot about it and genuinely was watching it like, wait. I don't think I actually know what happens in this. It was like actually excited about it. It's, it is true though. It's like the sad stepchild. Oh my God. Which is insane because it's so good. And I have, theories. I have a theory that I'm going to run by you when we get into it of like, of why I think it's the redheaded stepchild. Ooh. Okay. But I love this movie like so much. I used to watch this as a teenager all the fucking time. I Love it. I think it's so entertaining. It's so, like, again, I'm, I was watching it. I took so many notes, and so many of the notes were like, oh, shit. Wait, what? Like, I yes. was Jenny, like, wait, but who is the killer? Like, I, they actually got me with the red herring, or, like, the several red herrings they threw in there. Yes. It's so good, and I feel like it's a part of what is my favorite era of, like, slasher, which is, like, the post-scream, like, yeah. Um, kind of meta uh, slasher where you, you stack your cast with like young hot Hollywood that doesn't happen anymore. And it's like, oh my God, I know. Like, how iconic is it that you have like, like 
fucking Buffy, you have, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, you have Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prinze Jr. all in the same movie. And like Anne Hayes randomly. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> and Hill, Hill Jack Anne Hayes. <laughs> who, who genuinely scared you when she showed up. Like yes. she scares me so much. She's like cutting the heads off like catfish for no reason. It's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, yeah. No, like literally. I'm always like, oh, Anne Hayes from I Know What You Did Last Summer as Billy Blue's sister or whatever the fuck. Um, <sighs> but no, I agree. I think like this is like a golden age of horror for me. Mm-hmm. And they definitely don't do this anymore. Like no. stacking the cast like this and having all these. It's like a little, um, it's like a little bubble of all of the things. Because they're also... I guess this would be more so for Scream than this movie, but, like, in Scream, like, they're all dressed in the most trendy of the time. Like, they're selling everything. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's a giant advertisement that was extremely effective on my my psyche as a teenager. I mean, yeah, but even just, like, how iconic... My favorite part of this era of horror is also, like, the VHS or DVD sleeve or like the the poster because it was just like oh, yeah. they were all the same it's like a bluish hue and then you have like all of these like actors kind of like lined up and just looking like really hot but scared yes <laughs> yes it's like the what is it, like Blair St. Clair is like I'm cold don't tell anyone it's like I'm hot but I'm scared yeah I, I fucking love it <laughs> it's so good it's <laughs> they so need to bring true. it back they have to bring it back because it's Oh, God, it's so iconic. It's so true. It's everybody, like, looking over their shoulder, like, a little bit shocked. Yeah. Of, like, what they, of the horrors they've seen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you remember the, like, the first time ever seeing this movie? Uh, Man, I would have been really young, because, so my sister is nine years older than me, so she was, like, the target demographic, like, for these movies. Like, she would have been probably like 15 or ish 14 15 when this came out and I want to say we probably watched it after like a trip to Blockbuster got the VHS and I was allowed to like I know she's like having a sleepover and I'm just like creepily in the corner like watching (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's such like little sister energy basically yeah I'm just like oh this is so good just happy to be here (laughs) yeah just like you know I'm just one of the girls (laughs) (laughs) hi ladies you're like under the bed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so true <laughs> so what is your I guess like aside, like of course we're going to talk about this movie but like as far as your horror journey like what got you into horror movies as a kid so it was literally just that like I think it was probably my sister and older cousin hanging out on a Friday night going to Blockbuster getting a bunch of horror movies and So my family mom is so weird in that I was allowed to watch them, but like no sex. So like if there was any like boob, I had to cover my eyes, but like beheadings, disembowelments, like I was there, (laughs) like I was so there. And when I tell people this, uh, people who like know me really well, they're like, yeah, no, it makes sense. I see that. Like I get why you're like this. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's how it started for me. And I think it just like, it just, I don't know, like, it lit the fire in me out of, like, a pretty young age, like, six, seven, and then I've just been obsessed with horror genuinely since I was, like, a small child. (laughs) I get that. That's, I mean, I, yeah, like, I think the weird thing about horror movies is I feel like even though they're obviously not intended for kids, it's, like, something happens when you watch them as a kid Mm-hmm. you just sort of I wouldn't say that you become desensitized but it's like your appreciation for what you're seeing is different than somebody who doesn't grow up watching them mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of love you know <laughs> yeah and it's like that love of like genuinely being scared too because mm-hmm. it's very different when you're older and you watch like a horror movie and it's like oh yeah I'm, you know you know better typically like I know this is fake not a big deal but like it's something about being a kid and watching like child's play and genuinely being scared by it. And oh, then yeah. like, but then still going back to watch it with this kind of giddy, like yes. scared feeling. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such like a very unique experience that I still have. And I still will re- revisit like a lot of those movies just to kind of like get that, that little, you know, just so I can feel something really. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're, like, I always make the joke that, like, so as a kid, Child's Play was my favorite horror movie. Mm. And it's, like, I was the same age as Andy Barkley, like, watching this movie about this doll <laughs> trying to kill this kid. Like, it's actually kind of dark. But, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, like, you you become desensitized in a way where it's, like, you end up liking being scared. And people mm-hmm. always say to me, like, well, don't you hate that? Like, I hate, like, that was too scary for me. And it's like, well, the goal is to be scared. Like, if a horror movie scares me, then I'm like, I'm down for it. Like, that's yeah. that's the tea. That's what I want. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And you get to be scared in a safe space. So yeah. you get to explore that feeling. But it also helps, I, for me, like, I've even taken it, like, aside from just like the rush of like oh being scared and the adrenaline but also kind of like unpacking like why is it scary like what is about this movie that because not all movies do it for me some movies I'm like oh this is kind of stupid but there are certain horror movies where I'm like oh shit like that was I don't know what about what it is about this but like it really it triggered something very visceral in me absolutely yeah it's just it's a fun experience and I do try to encourage you know whenever I have like a you know someone's like oh I hate horror movies I'm like but have you seen this one? Like, try to confirm yeah. them. <laughs> and plus it's interesting because it's like, you know, there's obviously 900 million horror movies and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, in 2020, if a movie comes out and finds a new creative way to be scary, like that to me is like the ultimate where I'm like, oh my God, like how yes. has nobody thought about this in however many years? Mm-hmm. That's totally right. So I think it's also like, and I think that's what makes the genre so fun is that, there are new ways. I think I think people tend to dismiss it and assume like, you know, how many zombie movies can we have? How many, you know, slasher yeah. movies? Like there's always something else because yeah. culture is always changing. The things that we are afraid of, like change as well. So we can always tap into something like. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's so I have true. High hopes, high hopes for horror. Always. That's so true. The cultural thing, though, is so important because horror movies, in my opinion, more than any genre, horror movies really help define a time period. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at a horror movie and really get like a strong understanding of what like youth, like especially slasher movies. Yes. You know, you can look mm-hmm. at a slasher movie and be like, "Wow, this was youth culture." you know, in 1998, and, like, this is all of it, just, like, on a screen, like, it's, it's, like, a time capsule, and they're so important. Oh, absolutely, and that's why I also um, encourage folks who still are not sold on this analysis, like, check out international horror movies, like, it's fun to see what other cultures consider, like, scary, and it really does, like, teach you a lot about, I think, a society, if you can, like, tap into, like, what keeps people awake at night like totally. i don't know i love it it's great it's good stuff Speaking i can't wait to pass of... it on to my children <laughs> <laughs> literally the like obsession i can't wait if my kid doesn't like horror they're going back i don't want them yeah no i'm, I'm selling them <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of like time capsules and things like that one of the things that i find really interesting about this movie is that it feels like during this time specifically more so than any other time in horror. Mm-hmm. These movies are like, they're like soapy dramas that just so happen to have like a horror element too. Mm. You know, there's a yeah. lot of like, I don't know. I really like the connections between the characters specifically in this movie. I actually think they did a really good job of like, making it seem like these people actually kind of care about each other. And I don't know, like the deaths in this movie actually make me like sad where I'm like, oh, you know? Especially when I didn't even bother learning the characters' names. They're all just like the actors' names for me. Cause that's like- They're all named Julie. (laughs) (laughs) They're all just like uh, freaking initials. Cause like we all have three names except for one of them. But like freaking Sarah Michelle Gellar's death is the one scene I remember 
like I think has stayed with me mm-hmm. because it is like she was such a likable character mm-hmm. and the way she dies is just so like oh you're je- I was generally watching it last night like I knew it was gonna happen I'm like screaming like oh come on girl like run run around you're gonna make it and then like she dies I'm just like oh she was so fucking close like it killed me oh it's so good it kills me every I always <laughs> am like I just want to like grab her by that fucking silk dress and pull her into the parade yes I, I just want to put, like, I would literally want to kick her into the, just go in the parade. <laughs> Don't stop running to check and see if he's still chasing you, because he is. And that scene is so well shot, too, because they do the aerial, so you can yeah. get the full effect of, like, no, she was literally, like, like spitting distance away from yes. all those people. And it's just like, oh, it's it gives me chills. I'm just like, shit. It's like, because one of my biggest fears, too, is, like, being murdered, but, like, close enough to people that if they just were tuned in they would know but yep. far enough where they just are not aware of it and it's like oh shit like ah uh, god yeah and that scene is so effective too because it's not like it's a lot of camera trickery like really creative camera trickery where it's like there's fireworks going off and mm-hmm. you know the lights are flashing and you just get these you know glimpses every couple seconds of him killing her but there's no blood at all it's no. just mm-hmm. effective lighting and like sounds really yeah this movie isn't very gory either i know I, I don't know why i thought it was going to be maybe because of the hook i just seem like oh we're gonna see like some candy man level like yeah <laughs> you know murders but you no know, like actually like not that much blood but still really effective yeah not that much blood and not many this isn't like a, a movie where 30 people die, you know, every 10 minutes there's like another death. There's mm-hmm. really that many like big major deaths. Yeah, which like you said, it adds to that kind of melodramatic like soap opera yeah. feel because so much of it is like more of the drama of just like the after effects of this accident and less of yeah. people just getting hot teens just getting murdered. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right like after having sex and going to look for a beer yeah um, <laughs> i guess i should be a good podcaster and like give like a little synopsis of what this movie is about but if you've listened this much through and you don't you've never seen it, i know what you do i'm like what are you doing i know um so which by the way this is another thing that i want to eventually talk to you about but this movie i guess is about a group of teenagers <clears throat> they live in this like fishing town I love the setting, by the way. Yes. Such a good setting for a horror movie. Lots of fish puns. So many fish puns and like, <laughs> like just crazy, like smoky, weird, like, like murky dock setups. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's true swamp town. I love it. Um, but this group of teenagers, it's the 4th of July. Um, it's the summer before college and they all are like they're partying they're drinking and they're having fun and they end up hitting this guy throwing his body off of a dock and taking it to their grave that they're never going to talk about it and of course they believe that this person who comes is coming back to like kill them all basically for what what they did Mm -hmm. and I was going to tell you that I think one of the you know I, I think it's interesting that this movie for some reason doesn't hold the same legacy as Scream even though it was written by the same person and came out around the same time wait it had the same writer yeah isn't that nuts I did not know that yeah that is new information oh wow yeah that is weird (laughs) it's like it's it's very strange and it's funny because it's like you know they came out like pretty close to each other I mean they have like a sort of similar like cast stack up of like young hot you know herbal essences neutrogena (laughs) ad people yeah you know but I think my theory on I know what you did last summer is that I think the reason it's not iconic is because of the killer Mm. because he's kind of lame yeah you know yeah (laughs) Right. right Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like there's not, because I think this is the truth with just slasher 
movies in general, like the killer does matter. Like they have to have charisma in some way, like a Freddy Krueger or they have to have that kind of like brutality of like a Michael Myers or like a Jason. Yeah. You're right. It really is just like an old man in a slicker and he just kind of (laughs) like hits you with his hook and then that's it. Like he's kind of lame. And also it's like, the reveal is not rewarding because it's kind of confusing. Yes. So before I even watched this again, I did like a quick Wikipedia read, like a yeah. synopsis, and I was confused by it. Like I was reading, and I was like, wait, huh? And like, <laughs> I just was like, wait, so, so who is, who died? And who, like, I could not figure out what this mystery was. And you're right. Like it, it is kind of unclear and it's not satisfying in the same way as like, like scream, we scream is like incredibly satisfying finding right. out who the killer is and like what the whole like the motive is. Like you're right, it is kind of like still unclear to me, honestly, is what like why what motivated this this man to do this besides like oh you, you thought you killed me but you didn't. <laughs> Listen, I would bet everybody involved in this movie still couldn't tell you what the fuck it's about because it's like okay they okay they hit a guy. They thought they hit a guy with their car and they went, lived their whole year thinking that they hit somebody and then threw them into the river or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they find out that they didn't actually hit this person, that somebody else had already killed them and the person they hit I, it's like I don't fucking it's just so yeah, confusing now that you're talking through it now I'm like wait hold on <laughs> it's wild it's insane <laughs> wait so the person they hit right it was like that girl's dad <laughs> right I mean we both just watched the movie I've been watching this movie my whole life but I don't know what's, what it's about <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no I have like five pages of notes and I just realized wait I don't think I know what happened <laughs> I think that the guy, this is so funny. No, I Shit. think that the guy and Haish's brother, yeah, like went out there to die. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. And they thought they killed Haish's brother, but he was already dead. Right. And they actually hit the guy in the slicker. And that's the reason that when they threw him into the water, he like opens his eyes because it was him. Right. But he had, he killed, so did, <laughs> <laughs> did H's brother, I know he wanted to, um, to kill himself, but did he actually do it? Wasn't it the dad of Billy or, or not Billy, Ben? Because he was like, getting revenge for him killing his daughter because of the car accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Billy Blue um and that's why it's not memorable and that's that's yeah. it it's like i've seen this movie more than once but i was genuinely like i actually don't remember what happened and that's you're totally right like and i'm sure if i watched this when i was like seven i was not <laughs> getting no. the intricacies of this fucking no. plot like it's it's complicated in a way that's just like it's so over let's say why like yeah why make it this you're doing too much you are doing way too fucking much it's not that deep like they hit yeah. a guy and he's psychotic and is back to get them. Like, let's just keep it simple. Keep it simple. It's overwritten in that way. And I think um, the other reason why it may not be memorable is because like, oh crap. Oh, there, I almost lost my thought. I remember now. It, it is coming in the same era of Scream, but I think it, the movie takes itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And the fun of Scream is that it, it is like, super meta and like self-referential and kind of funny this one is definitely like i think going for like a serious ish horror yes. movie and it it falls flat because you do have a lot of unintentionally funny moments <laughs> yes <laughs> like the part after i think after they hit <laughs> whoever that guy was after they hit him and, you know, they're debating, like, oh, you know, do, do we go to the cops? Like, what do we do? And I'm like, just go to the cops. You're like four white teenagers. Like, you're fine. Like, right. go to the police. Everything yes. will be okay. Like, the one of you, one of you is rich. Like, don't even worry about it. But um, when they're arguing about it, and at one point, um, Ryan Phillippe's character, like, snatches Julie up and starts choking her. And it's so funny because 
no one does anything about it. I know. I know. Like her boyfriend, who she just lost her virginity to, is just standing there. And I'm like, uh, is someone going to do something about <laughs> I love that scene. And I love that Sir Michelle Geller is in the back just giving you like acting, acting school damsel. She's like, yes. <laughs> like, she's just like being, she's being insane in the background. Like, if you really study all of Sarah Michelle Gellar's body movements in the back, she's just like, I don't know who the fuck was di- directing her to just give full manic damsel. Yes. But she was like a second away from being tied on train tracks. Like just really classic, like Looney Tunes damsel in distress. I feel like they were like, hey, Sarah, you know that episode of Buffy when that Halloween spell happens and you literally become an 18th century damsel? <laughs> yes! That. Give us that. Like... <laughs> Just do that again without the British accent. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you just keep touching your hair and looking around and looking like you don't know what's going to happen next? It's amazing what you're doing. Maybe, maybe faint. Like, just yeah. a little bit. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, it's so, yeah. And Ryan Phillippe is fucking insane. So aggro. That whole scene. <laughs> He's like, well, take it to the grave. Say it, Julie. Say it. He's like choking her out while Freddie like, Prince Jr. is Don't fucking there. not say it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. And then it's like, so, and they kill off everybody interesting. Let's be honest. Let's like really get real here for a second. The most interesting people in this movie die. And yes. then Freddie Prince Jr., who like, I understand that we all had a crush on at 14. Like, I'm not trying to like denounce him, but like, come on. The man is charmless. Can we talk? Yeah. Like, he's the least interesting person in this movie. If anything, he's, like, the worst cast member, for sure. I mean, he's the worst actor, by far. Absolutely. Well, because also, it's unclear what, I guess, I mean, we we expect these movies to have tropes, right? Like, it's unclear what trope he's fulfilling because like okay julie final girl out the gate she she rambles on some like feminist bullshit so like okay julie we got it like yes (laughs) you're a final girl right yeah perfect um of helen who's uh smg okay like you're the beauty queen she's not the bitch she could have been made into a bitch but she's not but she's a little bit vain you know maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit airheaded sure got it ryan phillippe okay you're just like fucking aggro chad yeah got it freddie prince jr is like kind of smart because then he kind of mentions like cultural analysis of urban legends but then is also a fisherman but i <laughs> thought i didn't know what his deal was it was very unclear and even when we find out the whole like billy blue thing i'm like okay so then did he date missy or yeah did he date it right i think that they dated because then he doesn't, like, really explain... It's very... He's very underwritten. I think it's just a good... I don't really get what yeah. his situation is outside of... I guess he wanted to escape and be able to, like, go to New York and hang out in cafes, but then decided or couldn't and is a fisherman. Like, it's very unclear. Yeah, and, like, obviously they're very unclear of their relationship with him, too, because every, like, 15 minutes they think he could be the killer. This yeah. guy that they all, I mean, like, literally this guy that Sarah Michelle, or um, that uh, Julie, I don't know why I can't think of Jennifer Love Hewitt's name. Uh, <laughs> this guy that Jennifer Love, Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt is in love with, ugh, mm-hmm. and they're all best friends with, and they're like, they keep having to ask him if he's the murderer. Like, they obviously <laughs> <laughs> they don't trust him. And then on top of that, it's like, I was unclear of some of the relation the relationships to him because then at some point Ryan Phillippe's like you've always been jealous of us you like you wanted to be in the group I'm like wait he's he not your best friend? I thought he was they were all like at the very least I actually thought it was the two guys who were like best friends and then by default the girlfriends kind of just became friends so it was very strange seeing you know this aggro Chad just like do this whole thing where he's like no like fuck you like you never liked us you're terrible and like i thought you guys were all like the best friends ever (laughs) like what so my thought my theory on that because i honestly don't know i think that he's supposed to be poor like he's the in quotes the poor one and like Mm. where they were all gonna like destined to like go off and 
go to New York and Ryan Phillippe's rich and you know like they're all like gonna go do things. Sarah Michelle Gellar is like the town beauty queen. She's gonna go model or whatever. He was like the poor one that was gonna always like be like a chum scrubber or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I guess. Um, but it's so, it's just so weird. And then like randomly they'll be like, like all signs will point towards him being like the murderer. They'll be like, wait, why do you have like a hook in your car and a slicker? And he'll be like, oh, oh, my dad left his slicker behind when I was a kid from my fish. It's like, he's just so like, it always seems like Freddie Prince Jr. is doing like a bit. Like he's like trying to be like an airhead guy from the 90s or something. And it's like, it's actually how he acts. I don't know, I've just never like really been a real Freddie Prince Jr. kind of guy. Yeah, I think he, um... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's lucky that he married a more charming actress and like beloved actress. I think it was a smart move. Oh my God. Yeah. It brings him up so much that he's associated with her. Yeah. Because then also I'm like, well, there must be something about him because like she's with him. So (laughs) she knows something, I guess, that we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say that aside from him, one of the things that I really. I really, really like about this movie, and to be honest with you, in some ways even more than Scream, I think that they do a really good job of making these characters seem, aside from him, seem genuinely connected. Like, yes, Sir Michelle Geller and Jennifer Love Hewitt, their relationship, I think, is so good. It is. Like, sorry, my dog is crazy. Yeah. Well, that's all right. <laughs> But it's just um, so well written and like so like nuanced and there's so many things that are kind of like unspoken that they don't really talk about but that are just there because it's good, you know? I so agree. And I think they could have done the boring thing, which I think um, I think would have been the more obvious thing is because um, Sarah Michelle Geller is kind of like, the, you know, the vain, pretty you know popular girl she could have been more of like a bitch to julie in a lot of ways yeah but you can tell there there's a genuine like of 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 genuine thing going on i think especially when they both go on their little adventure to like anisha's house it's like no these people like each other and they actually like there is a sadness because they aren't friends anymore and it's like i felt something with that of like oh like yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was good um another (laughs) memorable person who died um can we talk about johnny galecki being in this movie oh my god who by the way has the most gruesome death he has the most gruesome death um i love johnny galecki he's a short king in my opinion like i love him so much um his accent though oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) took me a minute oh yeah he's is he southern well, because they're in, like, North Carolina, right? But he's the only one who decides to go for, like, an accent, but he doesn't commit to it. So it's very confusing. He's speaking when he, we first see him there at, <laughs> after, like, the pageant. And he does this, like, weird drawl thing, but it goes in and out. And I'm like, but why doesn't anyone else have an accent? Because you guys all grew up in this town. But... I always forget about that. You're totally right, though. He doesn't commit to it. It's like sometimes mm-hmm. he's got a real Southern draw. He's like full Matthew McConaughey. Yes. And then sometimes he's just fully not. Like He completely has no accent at all. Yeah, it's... It, it is very memorable for me. And it was the thing that like killed me the most seeing him in this movie. It was just kind of like, hmm, interesting choice on Johnny Galecki's part. <laughs> yeah. He is a short king though. I love him. I love his hair. He really is. I love his hair. I loved him as David on Roseanne. So, mm-hmm. and I forgot he was in this. So when he showed up, I was genuinely excited to see him, but he had the most gruesome death. Like he gets like a, a, a hook in like the throat and then drag yeah. away yeah and he's the first person <laughs> to die right yeah he's the first person to die and it's it is truly upsetting and very graphic but it's so graphic out of nowhere it's just like it's the only really super graphic gory death and i feel like it's like i think he only dies so that you can see that he's a not the killer because uh-huh. they like 
kind of make you believe that he could be. And B, it's like, look how gruesome this can be, you know? Yeah. But also, I feel like they were kind of trying to set him up. Aside from, like, as being like, oh, is he the killer? But clearly not. I think they were trying to make him unlikable. Mm-hmm. But again, he was another character where I was like, I'm not really clear what his deal is. I mean, I think him and Julie were friends and, like, he kind of likes her. But they kind of set him up as being, like, an asshole. But, like... Again, he doesn't commit enough to it. So I'm like, I don't really think he's that bad. I think he's just kind of maybe a vaguely annoying character that just is around everyone. Yeah, if anything, it seems like he's being bullied. Yeah. Because he keeps getting choked out (laughs) for no reason. They keep choking him. (laughs) Literally, Ryan Phillippe chokes him like eight times. I'm like, why does this keep happening? I don't understand. Ryan Phillippe chokes everybody in this movie. He does. I think that, speaking of Ryan Phillippe, that's another relationship that I think is really good in this movie is I love him and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, they're such a believable couple. And I love that they, like, he's an asshole, but he, like, loves going to her pageants and stuff because he's like so proud of her like I just think that's funny (laughs) he's like a full-on stage dad if she loses he will choke the judges like Like, literally (laughs) he'll show up in a white crew neck sweater sweaty ready to choke everybody out I just love it I love that he's like he's up in the (laughs) in the rafters of that fucking stage like going hard for his girl during the talent portion like he's living i love to imagine that like at other pageants he's like <laughs> going full like toddlers and tiara so yeah. he's like in the audience like mouthing the words to her song and like doing the dances with her <laughs> he's like sparkle baby <laughs> kiss it smoochie like, make sure she has Vaseline on her teeth before she goes out so she keeps smiling. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the pixie stick supplier. <laughs> yes, <laughs> give her her go go juice before she goes out. <laughs> he literally was up in the rafters, like going in. I love, I just like love that scene. I love that it's he's like, like one screaming. and two and one and two. And, two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think it's good that he, like, I like that it's written that they don't you know, when they come back and they all are sort of brought back together because they're all being tormented and these notes are being left about last summer. I love that they don't date again necessarily, but Mm -hmm. they just sort of like naturally fall into their old relationship. And none of it's like talked about. It's just things that you pick up on. Like they, when they first see each other, they're kind of cold to one another but then mm-hmm. they, like, kind of slowly fall back into, like, you know. And it's just very natural. I just thought that was so good. Yeah, they have really great chemistry, which I guess is why they played incestuous step-siblings in Cool Intentions <laughs> yeah. as well. This was their audition tape. It's like, they're really good at this. God, it must have been so cool to be one of these, one of these kids during that time. Just, like, we are in everything all of it's good. We are beautiful. Everybody wants to be us. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar was literally the teen dream. Yes. Do teens, like, have that today? Like, I feel like because now there's just so many, like, avenues that people find fame, if it's, like, TikTok or social media or, like, the traditional TV movie path. I feel like there isn't that, like, set cohort because even in my generation, so these these guys in this movie were a bit older for me. So I, I was definitely aware of them, but I wasn't like, my generation was like the Hillary Duff, the Lindsay Lohans, like those sure. were like my girls. But I feel like they don't have that like cohort of like, these are the girls. Like these are the ones who you want to be. Like yeah, they're on the cover of everything. They're in everything. Like, and I feel like it's a, it's just a lost moment kind of of like having that like teen idol like set maybe 15 people that were allowed to be in movies <laughs> at any given no time. it's true it's like a different it's it's like the way that kids idolize celebrities now is just so different than the way that we did because they're so much more accessible now yeah you know and like back then it was a really big deal like Sarah Michelle Gellar had a career based on the fact that she like slayed tv and film and like that meant Mm -hmm. something it was like 
you know, that was an achievement. It was like, wow, Sarah Michelle Gellar is not just a, 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 a television star or a movie star. She's both. That was a big deal. But now it's yeah. sort of expected that you do everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a kid and then it'll be an annoying millennial and like, oh, these kids these days missed out. Yeah. But it's like, I do miss that kind of like, um, I think, was it Vanity Fair, I think, would do like the young hot Hollywood thing. And it just oh, yeah. like, the if you're on like the cover, you're part of this group yeah. of specifically actresses, then like, you've made it. This is them. These are your idols. This is who you love. Like, Totally. I, I don't know. I freaking miss it. It was so, it's so like unique and just like a special time of seeing that. And just like also just watch, like seeing that cover and thinking like, oh my God, what were the dynamics like between them, like during the shoot? Like, I does know. Lindsay talk to Raven? Like, what's that about? I just like was obsessed with them. And damn, now it's just TikTok teens. I know. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of, I was literally the other day, I always get recommended like paparazzi videos on YouTube because duh, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I like, will just randomly sometimes watch old ones. But when you watch old ones, like they'll try and recommend like newer ones to you. And I don't watch like new, like nobody really watches paparazzi videos anymore the way that they used to, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on on these paparazzi websites? Like what is X17 and all these websites that I used to, frequent every single day multiple times a day you know as a teenager what are they doing and literally it is all all they do is follow tiktokers around they Mm -hmm. follow youtubers and tiktokers around it's like tana coming out of a fucking tanning booth and giving an exclusive interview in front of like like some restaurant about her new shoe line like it's all such bullshit and i was like wow this is like actually kind of sad yeah well it's it's like you're saying because they're so accessible now they're that excitement of like getting a quote from a celebrity where it was like oh shoot like yeah what what does she think about this thing like i need to know it's like well now they're just on social media and they can tell you directly it's like not as cool or exciting or or getting like a paparazzi photo of someone leaving a club or something it's like well now you're on instagram i can see where they like i know where they are because they told me (laughs) Yeah, like they are right now. (laughs) We both just left Walgreens. It's not really that big of a deal, right? (laughs) But it's true, and it's funny because it's like I used to always say, um, you know, when you become like, well, back in the day when you would become like a CW kind of star, Mm -hmm. it just sort of felt like you naturally, like Sarah Michelle Gellar is the perfect example. It's like when you get cast on a CW show if you take off and if people like you or WB Mm -hmm. to be respectful. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Or the dance and frog to be respectful. Um, It's like, you just, you automatically assume, okay, this person is going to be in a Neutrogena ad. This person is going to be an herbal essences girl. This Mm -hmm. person is going to uh, promote Skechers. Like, it just felt like that was like sort of yes. the natural progression, you know? She's going to be in a Got Milk ad. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, God. I used to love those. They me were so too. good. When I, the one I remember, I don't know why it stands out to me, and it could be because I was obsessed with her. Hillary Duff did a Got Milk ad, and it's like, she's like holding a bunch of shopping bags, and then, but also milk, and then she's doing that <laughs> weird, like, kind of pigeon-toed, like, oh, I'm so quirky and crazy, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> my favorite picture ever look how turned in my little foot is <laughs> with her little like pointy toe shoe <laughs> it's like oh. oh god i used to love got milk ads i would like collect britney's got milk ads of course because i have oh, of course and uh i used to love there's like two of them that were so good the one where she's like an adult and then it's like her is like a little girl drinking a glass of milk and then there's one where she's like because it's like how creative can we be with milk you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) that was the whole gig like how can we make this celebrity do a funny thing with milk and there's one where she's like throwing milk over her head that I used to literally have like on my wall for years a got milk advertisement like what man bring those back I know 
I know. Uh, That's what this so this whole movie just puts me in that exact sort of like mindset of just like young, you know, mid to late nineties Hollywood, like herbal essences and Neutrogena and got milk and lugs and all of that, <laughs> like you know, just like all of those things. It's so good. I it's love it. So I love it. Good. It really does. And one one thing I thought about, I couldn't stop thinking about was um and I think it's like the one thing when I think of Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, two things I think about her. One, her singing career and remembering oh. like when I watched the MTV like um making of a video of Bare Naked. <laughs> Carol. I'm getting jaded and no, I just can't take it anymore. When I tell you that, that if that song pops up on my shuffle, I don't think I've ever turned away from it, ever. <laughs> I had completely forgot about it until I saw her in this. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. But there was that memory. And also when she cameoed um, on that episode of Boy Meets World, when they do like the slasher, like yes. parody. And she's oh my God. <laughs> like <laughs> screaming so much because she's such a good screamer. Like she's oh. a great scream queen. And she screams so many times. Her I think she screen. and um, Will Friedle were dating around the same time. I was like, oh, I love this. Speaking of, what do you think about her as a final girl? Like, what do you think about her as, like, the lead of this movie? So, I think she's, I think she does fine. But again, similar to how this is, like, Scream's, you know, redheaded stepchild, I forgot that, yeah, no, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in this movie and actually was good in it. I think she was yeah. a good Scream queen. Um, we get that very iconic scene where she's like, what are you waiting for? And like spins. Oh my God, I know. I know. It's so good. But I, the sad thing is, I think of Nev before I think of her. When I think of like a 90s Scream queen, I don't think of her. Even though she did so well, but she just, it gets eclipsed by Scream. I know. And that's just what it is. And that sucks because she she is really good. At, I mean, she's mm-hmm. I think really good in this movie. And I, I don't know. It is it's so true. Like nobody ever thinks of her as being one of the scream queens, but she was pretty good. She was good. And it's it's I think people underestimate how hard it is to nail that scream. Ugh. Like it's hard. Like she does I, I don't know the first time she does the scream. I think it's when they see after they've hit the guy and she sees he's dead, she screams. And I was like, I genuinely wrote down like, ooh, good scream. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like a sound effect. It's so good. Yeah, and it's like it's her, and mm-hmm. I know it's her because she was on Boy Meets World and she did it. And I was like, yeah, yeah she's really good at this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And there's actually one really funny scream that she does in this movie, where like at the end she just won't stop screaming. Like she literally, everything she looks at, she just screams at the entire time. And there's a really funny one where he, like, has her trapped in the bottom of the boat. And he comes over and just, like, sort of gives her, like, a menacing stare. And I always love that, too, when it's, like, you've not hesitated to kill anybody else. But this girl, you just stare at for really long periods before you kill her and, like, grin. Well, yeah, he saw the mousy brown hair and he was like, this is my final girl. I can't mm-hmm. kill her too, too quick, you know? <laughs> He's like, I gotta make this one good. <laughs> <laughs> but she like sees him and screams and then Freddie Prince Jr. who becomes fucking Zorro at the end of the movie <laughs> for whatever reason he like knocks him out and then Freddie Prince Jr. goes over to save her and like stands above her while she's under the boat and she screams again and it's such an unnecessary scream it just for some reason always stuck out to me that like why did she do that like <laughs> Just doing an extra one, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it just a lot of really unnecessary screaming. But yeah, the, the end of the movie just sucks so bad. It's like this whole amazing climactic buildup. Like, if anything, Sir Michelle Gellar's death could have been the end of the movie because it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so intense. And she try- she is, like, giving you final girl no, I'm trying to fucking live. Like, I've thrown myself out of a, a building. Yes. I have dived out of a car. I have run all over town barefoot. I'm trying to live. And then it builds up to this this final moment with this stranger who we haven't seen the whole movie until now. Nope. And it's just, like, some fucking guy who looks like a trucker. 
and they have like a weird very choreographed fight sequence on this boat that just feels so very quickly thrown together yeah it was it was very underwhelming like especially again when you compare it to a scream or to like contemporaries Mm-hmm. Those those endings are memorable. Like the scream yeah. climax is memorable because of the reveal and also because of just like so much is going on. It's so good. But yeah, it's just and maybe it's cuts on a boat. Like it's so self-contained. Like why yeah. like I get it. Like we're in a quaint fishing village. Like he's a fisherman. Yeah, she's on a boat. He's gonna kill her out there. But like it's like a little tiny little boat. It's not really like doesn't allow for much space for like running and hiding and doing all of like the intense climax stuff that you get in like a huge house or like you know Sarah Michelle Gellar through like an alleyway and through a store and across the street and in a cop car she's like going right. everywhere all yes. over the town and this one's just like oh she's just on a boat <laughs> just running in circles on a boat he's doing wacky things like putting chains on top of doors so she can't push them open like they are literally <laughs> like it's so silly and like he is just such a weird like the killer is such a weird actor like mm-hmm. he makes such weird acting choices by like staring at her and grinning for long periods of time with no with no no words <laughs> with no dialogue he just stares <laughs> and gives a weird smile for really really long periods of time and doesn't try and kill her it's just weird yeah it is. It is. And then Freddie uh, Prince Jr. Dang, just like yeah. ends up cutting his, they cut off his hand and they think he's dead. Yeah, I'm like, he's clearly not, guys, you made this mistake already. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, he falls in that water, I'm jumping in that water, and we are going to make sure this man is dead. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's very absurd. And also, even another thing that wrong with this killer is like they they fall into that like unfortunate trope where like the killer is like just really superhuman but clearly not superhuman because he's like a person mm-hmm. so the the bit when um julie finds johnny galecki's little body like in the oh, trunk yes with all the crabs and then like five minutes later they come back and it's gone like no crabs no nothing and i'm like I got very confused. Like, so is she hallucinating this or did he do this? And if so, how? I hate that scene so much. Yeah. I hate it so much because it's like, yeah, you're not supposed to, it's like, is she, is this all in her head? Because if not, the trunk is incredibly clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is spotless for just, you know, four minutes ago, having a dead rotting body and live crabs in it it's yes. pretty clean i'm from maryland okay like i have experience with bushels of blue crabs and i'm like there's no way you clean out all those blue crabs and there's no smell there's no wetness there isn't like a rogue little claw that you forgot that fell off of one of hey. them like <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way so fucking weird <laughs> i feel like we should also say <clears throat> before we end this that like there's a lot of with Sarah Michelle Gellar there's a lot of I'm obsessed with the trope of 90s and early 2000s uh hair extension moments on white women in movies (laughs) I am I am I I literally it will be my my future like novel will be about all of the hair workings of white women experimenting with weave in films because it was like before they realized they could style weave yep or cut it even or literally do anything to it yeah just just like sticking it on her head (laughs) it's like if you have weave in a night it's like um it, it always brings me back to uh practical magic uh-huh like sandra bullock and nicole kidman literally just like their weave is cascading on the ground because they have in quotes long hair so it just has to be like to their knees you can cut extensions like you can cut them and style them yes it yes kills me. 
So bad. It reminds me of this um this uh Barbie doll I had that um it was the Becky doll that had that came with a wheelchair and her hair was very straw like and I made the mistake of wetting it <laughs> one time and it looked like what her hair looked like. It was just like straw. Like when she moves her head, it just moves with her. Like it's <laughs> like it's just so, so silly bad. to me. It's, it's so, so bad. Clearly fake. <laughs> It's so bad. And I love that when he, like, in quotes, cuts her hair in bed, he cuts it into, like, an almost perfect bob. (laughs) Like, right where her real hair stops is where he just so happens to cut it. Like, cuts it. He kind of, like, dyes it a bit. It's a bit like a lighter blonde. Yeah. Like, bleach moment. Like, he he hooked her up. She looks good for the pageant. Like, Like, like he's solid. He chose not to go too short, which I love. He, he She still had shoulder-length hair. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so silly. But, yeah, that kills me. I always die at the beginning. I'm like, oh, yeah, I always forget that she has, like, a really long weave moment for, like, more than half the movie where she just has these cascading, like, sort of lifetime movie for women curls specifically with a headband so you can yes hide like <laughs> yes <the> tricks <laughs> always like a headband and like a half like a half pony to hide all of the the magic that's happening yes <laughs> <laughs> um, well do you have any uh i don't know i can't think of anything else that i that i feel like i need i need to say about this movie but i definitely do want to talk about i still know what you did last summer with you too Yes, absolutely. Cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any closing thoughts about this movie before we seal it in the vault forever? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I hate to say it. I think in a week I will forget (laughs) (laughs) once more, (laughs) but I still had so much fun in the moment, like watching it. It was, it's, I think it's one that is, it's a fun kind of like, romp I think especially if you're not a huge horror fan I think it's a good one that's you know a good intro to just like a fun slasher yeah and if anybody listening feels like they can really fully explain and I'm not even kidding if you understand (laughs) the plot of this movie and you feel like you can explain who Billy Blue is to me I'm open I'm completely open I'm vulnerable uh, <laughs> well, tell people. By the way, you are now a part of the Solid Listen family. I should have said that at the beginning of the fucking episode. Hello. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, we are with Everybody Wants Something, our Degrassi podcast. It's been so much fun and so awesome joining the fam. Um, we're about to close out on junior high. We're going through the entire <laughs> Degrassi extended universe. So, like, which is jump in there please in, it's so fun it's in what you guys are doing is fucking incredible because it feels <laughs> so over like i'm i'm overwhelmed by the task but i'm so happy that you're doing it yeah I, we're we're having a great time and um it's it's been honestly amazing lauren and i are like close close friends best friends since we were kids so it's been really wonderful kind of reliving these TV moments and also reminiscing about our own experiences in middle school and high school. So if you like that, check it out. Well, yeah, tell people um, where they can find that and your horror podcast and all the things, where to follow you and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, both shows, Everybody Wants Something and We Die First, are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So just search it, it's there. Um, uh, we are on. Uh, Instagram as EWS pod for the Degrassi podcast. And we're on um, Instagram as we die first pod as well. And we have some fun little announcements and memes and whatnot. So follow us there. Yay. Thank you so much for doing this with me. This was super fun. Oh my God. No, thank you so much for having me. Also open invite to come on we die first. Cause we'd love, 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 love to talk to you as well. <laughs> I would be I'm not kidding. I would be honored. Yes, please, please. But no, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. And you guys go follow. Um, also, you're going to, we are going to also cover, I still know what you did last summer because you think that we're not going to talk about Brandy. You're out of your fucking mind. Yes. <laughs> you're obviously going to talk about Brandy's only horror film. 
Um, so yeah, that will happen next week. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.